This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is Sad. Sad. We are all sad. Because of our northern geographical location, some Yukoners become depressed during the long, dark winter nights. For them, sad, S-A-D, means seasonal affective disorder. For me, however, sad stands for sincerely attracted to darkness. Our golden retriever Quark and I spend a lot of time outdoors in the early mornings or in the evenings, walking through the winter woods between Porter Creek and the college. It's very quiet there, a good place to think during our contemplative walks, and it can sometimes be very dark. I have a headlamp, but I don't use it unless I really have to. I find that the glaring white light it produces is jarringly disruptive to the quiet peacefulness of the forest. We sometimes meet other people we recognize. For instance, the bouncing white light coming towards us is friendly jogging lady who pats Quark on the head as she goes by. The smoother, quicker white light indicates the approach of school teacher on bicycle. Quark and I are careful to stand well off the path and let him pass. One winter evening, Quark and I were making our way back home through the forest after a walk of about five kilometers. It was fairly dark, but not dark enough that I had my headlight on. Ahead of us, we saw a strange moving glow. It certainly wasn't friendly jogging lady, or school teacher on bicycle, or even generic person wearing headlamp. As we got closer, we realized it was someone on the same path as we were, heading in the same direction, accompanied by a bewildering light darting erratically from the front to about 90 degrees on each side. It became clear as we approached that there were actually multiple light sources, which turned out to be two flashlights and a lit cigarette. The person also had a dog on a leash. People in our forest sometimes have a headlamp or a flashlight, but I have never seen one person with two flashlights before, and the sort of people who walk in our forest never smoke. I'm not a smoker, but I'll bet it's not easy to carry two flashlights, walk a leashed dog, and smoke all at the same time. We were traveling much faster than the person ahead of us, and as we came up right behind, I recognized the dog from daytime walks as Shania. Shania is about the size of a teapot, and in the winter actually looks like a teapot, with her hand-knitted, tea-cozy-like coat. She also wears a matching knitted hat with holes for her ears, and four little bright orange boots in which she prances along proudly. Usually, Shania is with her human mother, but on very rare occasions, they are accompanied by Bob, although we had never met them in the dark before. I know Bob vaguely from work. Bob is the sort of government worker that every non-government worker imagines. Bob is a large, sloppy man, very unhealthy looking. He spends much of his time out in the smoking area, smoking sullenly with his fuming friends. When he's done, he shuffles slowly into the building and waits for the slow elevator 
to take him up one floor to his office. This usually takes so long that it's time for coffee or maybe another smoke break. We arrive silently behind Bob, who is humming loudly. Quirk recognized Janiah, bounded forward into Bob's erratic circle of light, and adopted the Let's Play stance. I guess this took Bob completely by surprise, because he let out a squawk, jerked poor Shania up by her leash, and clutched her to his chest. In doing so, he dexterously held on to both flashlights, but lost control of his cigarette, which arced into the snow beside the trail. Quite naturally, Quark interpreted this as the start of a game of keep-away. He obligingly leapt into the air to try to grab the struggling Shania out of Bob's arms. Moving faster than either Quark or I could have imagined, Bob brought up his leg and kneed Quark in the ribs. Unaccustomed to such unprovoked aggression, Quark dropped low to the ground and growled. Bob kicked at Quark and then set off at a pace that I suppose for Bob could have been considered a desperate dash. Quark and I stood still and watched as Bob made it about twenty steps and then slipped on a small upslope. Shania squealed. Bob swore and scrambled upright again. He took off up the trail, and we watched his light bounce off the trees as he went. Quark and I exchanged glances, and we both shrugged. Neither of us was quite sure what was going on. We trudged slowly along the trail to where Bob had fallen. I picked up one of his still-lit flashlights that was lying in the middle of the trail. I clicked it off and hung it on an adjacent tree, where it stayed for two weeks before disappearing. The next morning, as I walked in from the parking lot at work, Bob was in the smoking area. That was, of course, not unusual, but Bob was quite uncharacteristically animated, talking with his fellow smokers. Instead of hurrying past the smoking area, as I usually did, I slowed to hear what was going on. Wolves! cried Bob. The wolves are back in Porter Creek. They attacked me last night. What happened? asked one of his puffing patrons. I was out walking as I do every night, uh, explained Bob modestly, just minding my own business, but I guess they must have been stalking me. The whole pack crept up behind me and sprang out of the darkness. One of them leapt straight for my throat. God, what did you do? asked one of the audience. Well, said Bob, I kicked him as hard as I could. I guess I must have killed him right there because he dropped like a stone. But the others were on to me, so I ran like I've never run before. But but the pack chased me and, and brought me down. How did you get away? Well, one came toward me to finish me off, his mouth open wide. Thinking quickly, I took my flashlight and rammed it down his throat. He started choking, and the others must have figured that he would be easier prey than me. So they turned on him, and, and while they were tearing him apart, I managed to get away. It was pretty close. I almost died. Sad. Yes, we were all sad. In Bob's case, I suppose I could be either savagely attacked by demons, or maybe just silently approached by dog. How about... Smoking accentuates delusion. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called 
On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmit.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.